Well, good morning. At that first Christmas, listen to what the angel said to some pretty terrified shepherds. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Uh, happy Christmas and welcome to this service of the Lord's Supper at Christmas time with some readings with some prayers and with some carols. And that's where we're going to start this morning. Would you please be standing and let's begin with, O come all ye faithful. Sing, all ye sitters, 
again to St. Matthew's on this Christmas morning, uh, to those of you who are here in person and to those of you who are joining us online. It's wonderful to see you here. It really is good to be with you. It was less than 48 hours ago that we finally decided, yes, we'll go ahead with the Christmas services and uh, we're so, so glad that we've been able to do that. I mean, our concerns about what was happening with the Omicron uh, strain were, were so serious. Uh, that we thought seriously about not running in-person services. So it's really good to see you here. And also good to be having you with us uh, online uh, this morning. Uh, there's lots to look forward to this morning. Uh, there are more carols to sing. And carols are great even from behind masks. How good is it to sing praises to our Lord Jesus? Uh, our senior minister, Bruce, will be speaking to us from the scriptures. He has a special message about a child called Jesus. And uh, we are sharing together later in the Lord's Supper. Uh, so at home, if you don't have some bread and some drink uh, handy, uh, make sure you've got that ready just before the end of the service so we can share in that. But before we go any further, let's ask God for his help in this uh, gathering this Christmas morning. Let's pray this prayer of preparation. Together, almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. And let's say out loud what it is that we believe about God in his goodness, his greatness, and in his love, using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Deb is coming forward to lead us in prayer now. Uh, followed by that, uh, Jenny will be reading the scriptures uh, for us, and then we'll sing again, and that will be our collection hymn. Thanks, Deb.
Well, good morning, everyone, and Merry Christmas, and good morning to you at home. It's a wonderful opportunity for us to come in prayer because things don't feel calm. All doesn't feel calm, all doesn't always feel bright. But God says, bring your anxieties and your cares to me because I care for you. Bring your anxieties about those who you care for to me because I care for you. So we're going to take this opportunity to bring our concerns and our anxieties to him. Let's pray. Sorry. Sorry about that. Our great God and Heavenly Father, we praise you and we thank you that in your great love and mercy you have sent us your Son, Jesus, who is Emmanuel, God with us. We thank you that you, through his birth and life and his death and resurrection, creation will be renewed and brought together and Jesus will reign in love and justice. We thank you that through him we have the hope of salvation, joy and peace, whatever our daily circumstances. We thank you for the promise that as you came to us on Christmas Day, you will come again. And as we wait, we pray. You are the Lord of heaven and earth, the ruler of the nations, and we trust our world to your loving care. We pray for peace and bring before you those who are suffering in war, displacement and bereavement. Comfort and protect them. Provide loving hands and arms around them and bless the agencies seeking to serve them. For those that know you, bless them to bless others. For our own nation, we pray for our state and federal governments, that politicians will be wise and compassionate, seeking the welfare of all and always protecting the weak and the vulnerable. We pray that our leaders would find times of deep rest and relaxation as they prepare for the challenges of another year. And how, Father, do we pray for COVID-19? We ask that in your mercy you would protect life, that you would give strength and protection to those working in stressed health systems, that you would comfort those who are prevented from being with loved ones, and that you would give wisdom to government and media as they address the anxiety that has overtaken so many people. And here in Manly, we thank you for the community in which we live, for the many things that are around us to enjoy. All good things come from you. And we pray that you would make us good steward of these good things, good stewards of your creation and all you've provided. Above all, we pray that we would faithfully reflect the grace, love, joy, and truth of your greatest provision and gift to us, Jesus Christ. Might we shine with his peace this Christmas. Father, we pray for all who are finding Christmas time difficult, for those with troubled hearts, fractured relationships, for those suffering grief, depression, anxiety, for those struggling to find hope, for those living in poverty while surrounded by affluence. We pray especially for those who've lost children or loved ones in the last few days and weeks. And we bring before you now those who we know who are in particular need and on our hearts. Lord, you came as a baby 
you grew as a child, and you trusted your father as you prayed. We do the same now. Emmanuel, our saviour, our joy, our peace, our hope. Hear our prayers. Amen. The, the first reading comes from Micah, chapter 5, verses 1 to 5. Marshal your troops now, city of troops, for a siege is laid upon us. They will strike Israel's ruler on the cheek with a rod. But you, Bethlehem, Epiphrath, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me, one who is ruler over Israel whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Therefore Israel will be abandoned until the time when she is, who is in labor bears a son, and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth. And he will be our peace when the Assyrians evade our land and march through our fortresses. We will raise against them seven shepherds, even eight commanders. The second, re the second reading is from Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. The birth of Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. <clears throat> this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those to whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning that had been told about them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at the shepherds, said to them, 
But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen and were just as had been told. This is the word of the Lord. The next hymn will be the first Noel and it will be our collection song.
online it is a very different Christmas isn't it I think two years ago if you were sitting here there'd be a couple of hundred people but uh, everything has changed hasn't it it is better than last year last year I sat at home in my study in my tracksuit pants watching online with everyone else and then walked down the beach and thought is this really Christmas well let's pray as we think about what God's word has to say to us today father we do thank you for this wonderful occasion that we call Christmas And even in these different days, we pray, speak to our hearts and minds about what matters most. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as we think about Christmas and this child called Jesus, um, I couldn't help but think about what really matters most. And I think that's a thought that has been through many people's minds through this COVID period. It really has forced us to stop and reflect and ask deeper questions of life in terms of what does matter most in their life. And it's been a very interesting year we've been through. Uh, Particularly here at St Matthews, we opened the new building at the start of the year. Uh, We got to June and everything started to be going very well. And then of course, COVID hit again. And we learnt all sorts of things last year when it came to um, the vagarities of life, social distancing, lockdown, Zoom meetings. But I think particularly this year, we've been thinking about close contacts and casual contacts. And if anyone can please work out what that means, please let me know. Uh, There's an enormous amount of confusion about what that actually is. But I think this year has been summed up by two Greek letters. And who would have thought the Greek alphabet would have such prominence uh, in our thinking? Uh, With Delta and Omicron, I do know the Greek alphabet. We had to learn Greek when we went to Bible college. And who would think that it's coming back in great vengeance and force across the world? Well, Delta and Omicron have both wrecked their havoc on Christmas this year. And those words, neither of them give us any sense of warmth, do they? (laughs) And you only have to look around to know the impact that it's had. Um, I think there's a great anxiety um, that is just with us. And as a pastor, I think the single biggest issue that I've seen that we've had to confront uh, really is mental health issues. And... There are people who are anxious, uh, there are people who are tired, there are people who are just sick and tired of all the changes we've had to been through. Uh, and I know one conversation I had, people said, I just do not want to hear someone saying we have to pivot again. 
And that's the reality we're in. It's this ever-changing world uh, that is so unlike anything we've been through before. And in this time, we do need to stop and ask the question, what does matter most? And where is the foundation for our life? And I want to say a couple of things. And the first thing is this. I think it's easy to miss Jesus at Christmas. And there's a number of reasons for that. I mean, it's fascinating for me. We call it Christmas because it's about the Christ, but yet you so rarely hear about the Christ in Christmas now. And just go and have a look at the way decorations, cards, etc., etc. And the way the nativity scene has just slowly been erased and removed and forgotten. And that's the culture we're in. And I'm not complaining about it at one level, I'm just reflecting that's what it is and we've got to deal with that. But I think secondly... Uh, the Christmas story does seem a long time ago and slightly irrelevant to people. I think particularly as the pandemic's hit, people think, is there anything really that this story that's so old speaks to me in my current situation and the issues that we're facing? And haven't we moved on in the world from believing in virgin births and angelic announcements? I'll come back to that particular issue in a moment. But it's interesting, when you read the story... Uh, in many ways, though it's kind of fascinating, it's fairly uneventful from a human point of view. Let me just reread some of those words that um, were read to us by Jen. Luke chapter 2, if you've got your Bibles there, have a look with me. If not, I'm happy to read it for you. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Now, that's not an unusual thing. Verse 3, everyone went to their own town to register. Verse 4, so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who, pledged to, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. So no doubt the unusual feature is that they weren't married. They're about to have a child. I won't deal with that today. But then in verse 6, we read this. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And when you just look at that from a purely human point of view, it's a fairly ordinary story from the ancient world of this young 15-year-old girl, maybe 16, called Mary, who has her child. They get there late, they can't check into a guest room, it's born in a manger. Holidays and presents, being with family, I think that's the thing that people are cherishing so much this year, particularly trying to be together as family after all the separation that we've been through. And so no doubt, I think it is easy to miss Jesus at Christmas but I want to say that's until you work out who he is. With all the media focused literally on the pandemic day by day, I mean, I know numbers of people who just said, I just don't want to turn on the uh, news. <laughs> I don't want to read the paper because it just seems to be always about the pandemic. One of the things I want to say to us this morning is we need to stop and remember what this season is about and what this day is about because it's astounding when you stop and think about it. We're celebrating the birth of the saviour of the world. 
That's what we are talking about with the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who can save humanity. Not just Sydney, not just Australia, not just the Western world, the whole globe. He is the saviour of the world. Today we are marvelling at the entrance of God onto planet Earth in the flesh. And we stand in awe that the Son of God took on human form in the person of Jesus and was born in the most humble of circumstances. Now that thought alone just causes me to ponder and wonder. I hope it does for you as well. That the living God took our own flesh and form. It is one of the most astounding truths of the Christian faith. That I don't think you'll ever get your head completely around. That this child, the Lord Jesus, was fully human with all of the struggles and issues that we go through, he went through and yet was our creator and is our sustainer and the maker of all and the judge of all and yet became one of us. And I want you to take that in today because this is why Christmas began. This is why the world stops on this day. And it's interesting, think with me about royal births. Because, I mean, as Australians, even though deep down we might not all admit it, but there is a love affair with the royal family and the royalty and the Queen, and you just have to see the news. And I was just thinking about the most famous royal birth of late, and I have to say it probably was when Prince George uh, was born to Kate and William a number of years back. I mean, the world stopped. There were reporters outside the hospital waiting for news. It was just such a big event around the globe because... The next third in line to the seat, to the crown, was being born. Charles, William and their son. And it was incredible. Incredible fanfare. And you think about that birth in comparison to the birth of the Lord Jesus. No fanfare, no arrival party, no media... No initial celebrations. And it's interesting, this is my observation reading through Luke that struck me in my preparation. There's only two groups of people who knew what was happening. Only two groups. The prophets who weren't even there because they died many years ago, they spoke of someone who had come. And it's fascinating, when you read through the Old Testament, how many predictions there are of this coming king. And we had one of them read today. But there's numbers of others. They predict his name, they predict his family line, they predict he'd be from the uh, line of David, but also of Jacob. Um, they also predict that he would have a mother who would be a virgin, but they also predicted his birthplace. And that was Micah, chapter 5, verse 2. It's up on the screen. But you Bethlehem Epaphratah, Though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come from me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins from old and from ancient times, both the birthplace and the family line predicted. And that's what we have with the Lord Jesus. But the other thing is the angels in heaven knew. Because the interesting thing is no one in Bethlehem, apart from Mary and Joseph, actually knew what was going on. Uh, there is no announcement and so the angels step in, verse 8. 
And there were angels living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were terrified. And you think if you were there and you were shepherds out in the field at night, and all of a sudden an angel comes and confronts you, I think you'd be terrified. And the angel says to them, look, don't be afraid, because he knows that they are terrified. He says, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. They tell the shepherds, go back. Something marvellous, something miraculous, something amazing has taken place. And I love the words, I bring you good news that will be of great joy to the people. And we need to hold on to that today because that announcement is still true today. We have good news to celebrate at Christmas that should give us great joy. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And it's interesting, three descriptions of the Lord Jesus are piled together in one verse and one phrase, which speaks so profoundly about who this child is. He is the saviour, the one who will come and save the world. He is the Messiah. In other words, he is the king. But he's also the Lord. And they were being told that this child would be the one who would save them. He would also rule over them, which is an interesting combination. He will be a king who comes to rescue them. But more than that, there's a word used there, Lord, which earlier on in Luke's gospel is only used of God. And so this child is more than just a human ruler who will save them, he actually is the Lord. And that's what we're celebrating today. The birth of our Saviour. And when you think about being saved, it's worth asking the question, what are we being saved from? The pandemic? Well, yes, we'd love to be saved from that, but I fear the end of it is not close. The greater reality is we're being saved from ourselves and from our sin, and from our brokenness, and the way our relationship with God is broken. And he comes to forgive us. We find out later in his story, it's through his death and his resurrection. But he is the saviour, he's the Messiah, the King, and the Lord. Verse 13, suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been, they'd been told about this child. And you see, the only reason that they go into Bethlehem and they're amazed at what they see is because God spoke to them and revealed it to him. And I wonder if God has revealed to you yet who this child is, who he became, who he is now, the saviour, the king, and our God. Because everything changes when you work that out. 
There is hope, you realise, because the Saviour of the world has come. There is certainty because God himself has turned up. You can know God with a clarity and a certainty. And the most important thing and wonderful thing is there is forgiveness and light and life for all who will turn to him. And so, yes, it is easy to miss Christmas, Jesus at Christmas time, but when you work out who he is, you'll never miss him. He will be the centrepiece. And it's because he is what really matters. Let me jump ahead. I received a card uh, this Christmas from numbers of people. And I've got one on the screen which was sent to me by Peter Mayrick. Now, some of you may know Peter. Wonderful man. He coaches, helps ministers in the Sydney Anglican Diocese. And he sent me this card, which is very kind of him. And it was amongst a number of cards, but it's one that just jumped out at me. And I love what it says there, and you can see it on the screen. When you get right down to it, the only thing that really matters is Jesus. And I thought it's so true. In this crazy world and this crazy period that we've been through, what is it that really matters? What is it that you can base your life on? Well, I want to put it to you, it is the Lord Jesus. And that's why Christmas, I think, is so special this year because we're forced to reconsider what is the foundation of our life. And it is the entrance of God into this world. And in this crazy time that we're going through, and as you stop and ask the question, what does really matter to you? Ask yourself these questions. Where will you find in this world today a love that never runs out? Where will you find a care and a compassion that is completely unconditional, that you can experience? Where will you find a mercy that is for all people of all places and all stages and all nations and all races? Where will you find a truth that is enduring, that is not fake news, that is true for all the ages? Where will you find that truth? Where will you find a certainty in the middle of uncertain times that we're going through? Where will you find a person to follow who gives you meaning and purpose for all of your daily life and will never let you down? Where will you find a forgiveness of sins for all the wrongs that we've committed? both interpersonally and under God? Where will you find a reconciliation between you and God? Where will you find a protection at the end of your life from judgment and hell? Where will you find an assurance of eternal life that can be given to you? Well, where do you find that? These are the questions that... I ponder, and I put it to you, that you'll only find that in the Lord Jesus. And when you work that out, he is the one that is the pearl of great price, that you will give away everything to discover and take hold of. Because where will you find someone who can fill your heart with joy, who will protect you and provide for you, who will care for you when you're in your greatest need, who will be with you wherever you go? As I pondered, questions and decisions all through the year. I've always been able to turn in prayer 
to my heavenly Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. He is with me everywhere. And friends, that's what we're celebrating in a life and a year that is so fragile, so uncertain, so tough. We have a Saviour who has come and is with us today. And we celebrate his birth some 2,000 years ago, but he is still alive. He has lived, he has died, he has risen, and he'll one day return. And we celebrate his entrance into the world this day. Because what matters most this Christmas? Knowing Jesus as your Lord and your Saviour. And I invite you, if you don't know him, to come and discover about him. To pick up your Bible and read him this Christmas time. Read the Gospels. Come back and join us on a Sunday. Because, friends, what matters most in this world is actually the Lord Jesus and knowing him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the birth of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. In these uncertain times, in this year of trial and change, in a year which has been very tough for many people. I pray that you would fill our hearts with joy and peace through the knowledge of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And may he be the rock in our life that gives us certainty and hope and comfort and love and forgiveness and assurance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing now. It's been wonderful to sing. Come on up and lead us in another wonderful Christmas song.
Please be seated. Uh, for our guests uh, at St Matthew's, we've been getting used to these little communion packs, uh, which are so helpful to us at a time when we're concerned about food and hygiene and it will really help as we prepare to share in the Lord's Supper if you just pull that little bit of plastic off the top and get hold of the bread and also remove the foil topping there so you've got access to uh, the juice there. Uh, by the way, uh, mentioning guests, I, I, I neglected to introduce myself earlier. My name's Andrew Graham. I'm one of the ministers here at St Matthew's and uh, part of my role is to be a part of the service that meets here first thing on Sundays and first thing on Christmas morning. So what we're doing now is a simple ceremonial meal, uh, which gives us a chance to draw near to God in faith. So by eating some bread and drinking from a cup, we've got a very concrete way of recalling the last meal that Jesus shared with his disciples. Uh, the circumstances of Jesus' birth in some ways foreshadow the way that he would die. So God becomes one of us. He comes as Lord and King, but he's born in a stable. And you know the story, in a very short time, his life is under threat, and so his parents flee with him to another country. He comes as Saviour. He comes as the Good Shepherd, who will lay down his life for his sheep. So the, the scriptures describe what happened on the night before he was betrayed, on the night before he went to the cross. And we're told that he took bread and that after he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples. And they go on to say that after that, he, he took the cup and he said to them, drink from this all of you, this is my blood of the new covenant which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So we're looking back to the way that Jesus explained what would happen on the day after he shared that meal with his disciples about him going to the cross for the sake of our salvation. So as we prepare to share together in that meal, it's very appropriate that we acknowledge the part that we played in his death, the way that we fall short of the standards that God, the God who made us and loves us, has for us. 
So before we eat and drink together, let's make a humble confession of our sins to Almighty God using the words of the prayer that is up on the screen. Merciful Father, we have strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the schemes and desires of our own hearts and have broken your holy laws. We have left undone what we ought to have done and we have done what we ought not to have done. Yet, good Lord, have mercy on us. Restore those who repent, according to the promises declared to us through your Son, Jesus Christ. Grant, merciful Father, for his sake, that from now on we may live godly and obedient lives to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Do you remember what the angels said to Joseph? He said, you are to call him Jesus because he will save people from their sins, which is good news for people everywhere. So let's take just that little piece of bread and as we eat it, let's remember Christ who died for us and feed on him in our hearts by faith with thanksgiving. And let's take this little cup. And as we drink, let's remember that Christ's blood was shed for us and be thankful. And there's an opportunity for us to be thankful to God in this prayer of thanksgiving and dedication. Let's pray together. Lord and Heavenly Father, in your loving kindness, accept our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Grant that by the merits and death of your Son, Jesus Christ, and through faith in his blood, we and your whole church may receive forgiveness of our sins with all benefits of his passion. With gratitude for all your mercies, we offer ourselves to you as a living sacrifice Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. But before we head out, we've got, I think we've saved the best uh, carol till last. You might dispute that, but I think so. Let's stand and we'll get the singers to lead us in singing Hark the Herald, Angels Sing. Glory to the newborn King.
Please be seated. Nice recovery there, team. Well, it's been wonderful to have you uh, with us here at St Matthew's uh, this Christmas morning. Let me take you back to where we began with the words of the angel to some pretty scared shepherds. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Uh, a time like this uh, throws you back. You, you just wonder, what does matter most? And this morning has been a great chance for us to remember that in that little child had come the King, the Saviour, God himself. No wonder we come together on a Christmas morning to sing his praises. Have a great rest of the Christmas day and uh, may the year ahead be one in which you know God's blessing and you're able to share that with others. And I've got some words here for, to share with you, which will come up on the screen. Actually, I reckon we could say this to one another, couldn't we? Let's do that. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among us and remain with us always. Amen. Amen.